Hello and welcome. I'm Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim target recognizing truths, debunking lies. And to give you a quick recap, I started a new series that I'm in the middle of entitled Debunking Sex Myths with the Word of God. And over the past couple of episodes, I was able to identify some lies some people state as it relates to sex, relationships, and love. And if you have some time, I encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. But I want to jump in to today's motivational aim that targets the importance of recognizing truth and debunking lies. And before I jump in, for real, I want to let you know you will hear some background noise. But we're going to press through and press forward. Okay? So as you live a life determined to follow Jesus Christ, you will realize the importance of knowing God's voice and recognizing God's voice no matter the situation or the circumstance. And in order to follow and know God's voice clearly, you have to spend time with him. And the ways we spend time with God is by reading his word, the Bible, praying to him, and following and doing what he commands us to do. And whatever God tells us is the truth. And whatever Satan tells us is a lie. That's just what it is. God is truth and light. Satan is darkness and lies. And one thing I encourage all listeners and determined followers of Jesus Christ to aim towards on a daily basis is not to exchange the truth of what God commands you to do in obedience For Satan's lies, okay, no matter how many times you hear a lie, remember it will always be a lie. There's no changing it. There's no changing it. If you repeat a lie out loud, guess what? It's a lie. If you tell someone the lie and they recite it back to you, it's still a lie. And you might even witness people, some people, reject sound doctrine and turn their ears away from the truth of God's word towards myths and lies to justify their desires or to do what they want to do. But remember, God's word, God's word is truth and God's word is incorruptible and God's word always prevails. So don't get caught up exchanging a truth For a lie as it relates to sex, relationships, and love and your life, okay? And one lie that must be debunked is that engaging in sex outside of marriage will positively strengthen relationships and cause individuals to grow closer to one another and have a stronger relational bond like never before. In a sense... This lie leads some people to believe that if they have sex outside of marriage, then someone will love them or cause them to love them. And I'm here to let you know that violates scripture. There are some people who really believe that lie. So they offer advice that stems from that lie. And even in some social circles with quote-unquote friends, Some people will advise their friends or their family to have sex outside of marriage because it is a guarantee that the person will love you. 
this advice is absolutely absurd. And I'm here to let you know that when someone truly loves a person, they don't have to have sex with them to realize the depth of their love for that person. For example, let's say a couple, they've been in a relationship for a number of years and they never had sex. But the love they had for each other, it was real. Because guess what? People know when they truly love someone. And it might appear strange to outsiders or even the person who's involved. Because they could be used to a certain lifestyle where they're living a certain way, doing different things. And they're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm really attached to this person. And I really love this person. And we have not had sex. But as I just stated... When someone is in a relationship and then you have people or a person in the relationship who is determined to follow Jesus and they're carrying Jesus in the relationship, a person doesn't have to have sex with someone to realize if they love them or not, if their bond is strong or not. No, they could have a strong bond without even having sex because their love is so strong and their connection is filled with desirability, loyalty, and respect. And we have some examples in God's word about that. And we know one example is true for Mary, the mother of Jesus and her husband Joseph. Mary was engaged to Joseph, and Mary was carrying Jesus, and she was a determined follower of Christ in their relationship. And Mary and Joseph didn't have sex outside of marriage. And Joseph loved her. And I want to share another instance where someone loves someone they didn't have sex with outside of marriage. And this is the story of Jacob and Rachel. Now, I'm about to read Genesis the 29th chapter and the 1st through the 30th verse. But I encourage you to read Genesis the 29th through the 30th chapter in its entirety. And before I get started... This is not to condemn anyone. This is not to shame anyone. This is not to make anyone feel bad. This is about knowing better and doing better. And it's about knowing how to encourage others. Because you have some people who look at other individuals aiming to live a God-honoring lifestyle as if they're crazy Something's wrong with them. They've got problems. And that can begin weighing on a person. And some people don't understand how their words impact other people. But in the same breath, they want somebody to believe God for them. No matter what it is. So when you hear me converse and encourage and talk on these podcasts I'm encouraging you in God's word and I'm also giving you examples of some things I've experienced with people and things I've noticed am I condemning them and judging them no I'm just telling you some of the things I did wrong and how I could have did some things better as it relates to communicating with people going off on people even while you're standing for God to come through for you and bless you as you obey his will, word, and way. Okay, so when I say stuff, you shouldn't take it as an attack. You shouldn't. It's all about learning, doing better, and walking in God-honoring correction 
Okay, so let me go ahead and read Genesis, the 29th chapter, and the first through the 30th verse. Jacob resumed his journey and went to the eastern country. He looked and saw a well in a field. Three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it because the sheep were watered from this well. But a large stone covered the opening of the well. The shepherds would roll the stone from the opening of the well and water the sheep when all the flocks were gathered there. Then they would return the stone to its place over the well's opening. Jacob asked the men at the well, My brothers, where are you from? We're from Haran, they answered. Do you know Laban, grandson of Nahor? Jacob asked them. They answered, We know him. Is he well, Jacob asked. Yes, they said, and here is his daughter Rachel coming with his sheep. Then Jacob said, Look, it is still broad daylight. It's not time for the animals to be gathered. Water the flock, then go out and let them graze. But they replied, We can't until all the flocks have been gathered and the stone is rolled from the well's opening. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. As soon as Jacob saw his uncle Laban's daughter Rachel with his sheep, he went up and rolled the stone from the opening and watered his uncle Laban's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept loudly. He told Rachel that he was her father's relative, Rebekah's son. She ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news about his sister's son, Jacob, he ran to meet him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then he took him to his house, and Jacob told him all that had happened. Laban said to him, Yes, you are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him a month, Laban said to him, Just because you're my relative, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older was named Leah, and the younger was named Rachel. Leah had tender eyes, but Rachel was shapely and beautiful. That means Harmon Girl was fine. Okay, that's what that means. Jacob loved Rachel, so he answered Laban, I'll work for you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban replied, Better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay with me. So Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, and they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Since my time is complete, Give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited all the men of the place and sponsored a feast. That evening, Laban took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob and he slept with her. And Laban gave his slave Zilpah to his daughter Leah as her slave. When morning came, there was Leah. So he said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? Wasn't it for Rachel that I worked for you? Why have you deceived me? Laban answered, it is not the custom in this place to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. Complete this week of wedding celebration and we will also give you this younger one in return for working yet another seven years for me. And Jacob did just that. He finished the week of celebration, and Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. And Laban gave his slave 
Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her slave. Jacob slept with Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. So, you just heard what went down. Jacob comes into town. He sees Rachel, loves her once he sees her, because she was fine. He fell in love. Of course, there probably were some other qualities. She probably had a dynamic personality. But he tells her old man, her daddy, hey, I worked for your daughter for seven years. The dad pulls a switcheroo on him. And on the honeymoon, he truly believes he's with Rachel. But he wakes up disappointed because Leah's on the side of him. He didn't want Leah. He didn't love her. Even though he had sex with Leah, it didn't bring them close together. Because he did not love her. See, that teaches us all a lot that someone can have sex with someone and not love them and be in love with them. They can be in love with someone else. But let me get back on target. But Jacob lets the dad know how it was wrong, what he did, what he did, and he tells their dad, I will work for you another seven years because... I love Rachel. That's who I want to be in a relationship with. So when they consummate their marriage, their marriage is now strengthened because he loved her and then he loved her even more. So that's why that myth needs to be debunked. And it's important not to get caught up listening to the wrong voices telling you these schemes and tricks and plans to get somebody and trap somebody who doesn't love you. Individuals must aim to steer clear from that and wait on God to bring the right people in their lives for them. And once again, this is not a time to beat yourself up. It's just a time for us all to learn and grow and move forward in God-honoring integrity, hitting God-honoring targets of wisdom and love. Jacob slept with Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. See, reading verse 30, we can see that Jacob slept with Rachel also, and he loved her because he loved her from the beginning before they even had sex. And after they consummated their marriage, then their bond became stronger in love because love was established before sex. So don't believe that myth then sex outside of marriage will make a bond stronger. It'll make somebody love you. If the bond wasn't strong from the jump before, it's not going to be strong afterwards. And it most definitely will not be what one wants. Because if we were to look at Leah, Jacob didn't love her before he had sex with her. He didn't love her after he had sex with her. Because he didn't love her. She kept having children. Child after child, he stood in love her. And some individuals need to hear that and not be discouraged also because some individuals believe that if they do certain things and even have children with people that somebody will love them. It's important to look at God's word and let God's word serve as the example and understand, yes, it is reality. Because some people are going through cycles thinking that they can change something that they cannot change. 
Some people do that. Not everybody, but some people. And it's important to live according to God's truth and not get caught up thinking that if somebody has sex with somebody, then they'll love you. No, sex is not the qualifier. The bond and love that was genuinely established before is the basis, especially when both people are aiming to do it God's way because they love the person and they want the best for each other. Okay? So as I said earlier, this is not the time to feel condemned. I'm not out here judging anybody. I'm letting you know what God's word says. I didn't make this up. I read this from God's word. And I encourage individuals and listeners to read Genesis, the 29th chapter, in the 30th verse in its entirety, and take a moment to pray to God and ask God, Lord, what are you showing me as it relates to sex relationships and love and how you want me to live? And Lord, let me break those cycles, break those mindsets that are not conducive to your will, word, and way, and let me see the truth and follow you, even though it might be foreign according to the world standards, but I know you set up commands for my protection. It's not rejection, okay? And a scripture I would like to leave you with is Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, and the third through the fourth verse, which states, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. I chose this scripture as a reminder for us to all realize the importance of knowing God's word for ourselves and the importance of staying in constant prayer with God and realizing that recognizing the truth and debunking lies is absolutely necessary. There will be countless people around you who don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear lies. They want to hear myths because it sounds good to them. And that is what they want to focus on because it feeds their desires and it doesn't hold them accountable for the wrong choices that they're intentionally making. And this is so sad that it's going on right now. In God's word, in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the second verse, God's word is used to rebuke, correct, and encourage. So that means God's word identifies the areas in our lives that indicate certain disapproving acts that need to be corrected quickly and that we need to seek God and repentance for. And God's word teaches us to live the way he's called us to live. And he corrects us in those areas that need correction as it relates to every area and aspect of our lives. And also God's word encourages us in times of despair. But some people reject God's word and they just go where the myth is and where the lie is. Because they don't want to deal with the light right now. They'd rather deal with darkness because they just don't want to deal with the light. And it's sad when people don't want to grow spiritually in God's will, word, and way. And they'd rather turn to myths and not recognize God's word as truth. But that is what we don't want to do. And since we know better now, we want to do better. 
it's important not to forget that God created boundaries for us to follow to protect us and cover us, not to punish us and prohibit us from enjoying life. So don't misunderstand that. God designed sex to be practiced in marriage. God's word supports his design for sex and marriage. And God's word will always expose Satan's myths and one's lustful, impure desires. So it's important to receive God's truth and debunk every sex myth with God's word today because God's grace, mercy, and kindness does not condone the intentional continuation of any sin. God's wrath allows one to go on destroying oneself with sin when a person chooses deliberately to exchange the truth of God's word for myths and lies. So it's time to act on God's word and faithfully trust in our Heavenly Father who knows everything about our lives and his overall divine plan for our life. The relationship we should focus on strengthening daily and growing closer to is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God promised to give us the desires of our hearts And when we elect to choose obedience and follow his will, word, and way, he will bless us with a relationship that will exceed our expectations. But one only gets there when we debunk the myths and hold on to God's truth despite what is going on around us. So don't delay. Aim to flee from sin and repent. Aim to seek wisdom and in prayer Pour your heart out to God and obey him no matter what others say. Once again, this has nothing to do with judging anyone, but everything to do with recognizing the truth and exposing the lie and aiming to choose the right decisions for a God-honoring life from this moment forward. Okay? Thanks for tuning in. Visit drkenitrabryant.com to download the Debunking Sex Myths devotional. On the site, you can order inspirational apparel. You have the option to connect with me on Instagram at Aim Towards the Target. And another way to connect with me is on the YouVersion Bible app where you can subscribe and complete a variety of Bible plans individually or collectively with your friends, your co-workers, and family. Remain encouraged in God's truth as he debunks every lie presented to you. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.